This is Easter, so we just went through the uh, Good Friday, and we ever wonder why you call it Good Friday? After all, it was just a horrific day, but it was good because what Jesus accomplished on the cross, he took our sin, he bore the sin of all the world for all of time on that day on the cross, and that allowed us to have a relationship with our Father in heaven, and so that is good, right? And I saw somebody post, actually, it's not Good Friday, it's Great Friday, and so we just celebrated that. Then we come into Easter Sunday. This is the prophecy that came true that uh, Jesus didn't stay dead. He was, he was killed, and he was put in a tomb, and three days later he rose again. And do I have a hallelujah, amen, or something on that? <clears throat> and the reason that one's significant is because that he conquered sin and death, and he gave us the ability to have everlasting life with him. And I, I don't know what stage of life you're in, but I don't know if you've considered that or not, that we are all going to die at some point, and we need to have that assurance of where we're going. Are we going to have everlasting life or everlasting death? And through Jesus Christ, we can have everlasting life. Well, we've been going through this series uh, in the book of Luke, and uh, we've kind of jumped forward to uh, take Luke's account of the resurrection story. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 24. I have a few questions for us today that hopefully this scripture will answer. So if Jesus rose from the dead, where is he today? Have you ever thought of that? Maybe you know. How do we find him if we can't see him? I, I know for me, when I was younger, I was like, okay, I don't see him. We talk about the Holy Spirit, but what's that? If, but if I don't see him, how do I know he's there? And then how do I connect with him? And, you know, if you're just checking out God or if you've been a follower for a long time, there's something in this message for you because there's something that's going to really encourage you about where Jesus is. Okay, let's read this together. Luke chapter, well, not together. You can hear me. You can listen to what I have to say. By the way, those of you joining us online, we just want to say thank you for joining us. Uh, Luke chapter 24. But on the first day of the week, which would be a Sunday, back in the way they did uh, counted weeks back then, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. While they were perplexed about um, this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. They actually just had watched the infomercial and did the bedazzle to the garments, and then they were bedazzled. Okay. Okay, that was a really bad joke. Um, <laughs> move right along. And they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground. The men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? This is important. Why do you seek the living among the dead. We're going to talk about that in a minute. He's not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men to be crucified and on the third day uh, rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven, his disciples, minus Judas, because Judas betrayed him and ended up taking his own life afterwards. And to all of the rest, now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and the, Mary, the mother of James and the other women with them 
who told them these things to the apostles. But these words seemed uh, to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping in, looking in, he saw that the linen clothes by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. A couple things here, actually. Mary, before I get into this topic here, Mary Magdalene, if you remember her, she was a prostitute who Jesus cast out seven demons from her. I think it is amazing, the very first person that Jesus reveals himself to after he comes back to life was Mary Magdalene, a woman who um, was just overtaken by her life transformation by an encounter with Jesus, and Jesus shows himself first to her. The other interesting thing, that Jesus was on earth for 40 days after his resurrection, and he encountered over 50 people that the Gospels tell us. So, but after that 40 days, he ascended into heaven, and so maybe that asks, we answer some of those questions like, where is Jesus today? Where is Jesus today? I think it's also important to understand this one line here, that the angels, the bedazzled angels, said to the, to the women, why do you seek the living among the dead? I, I think there is a possibility for us as humanity that we are thinking that we're seeking the right things, but actually we're seeking those things that we think are going to give us life, but actually lead to death. And we're looking for the living, but it's amongst the dead. And we do this in many ways. We all are looking for hope. We all are looking for peace. We're all looking for purposes for our life. We are looking for friendship. And when we find these, we pursue them, we look for satisfaction. We're actually sometimes looking for pleasure. But we go to places that actually don't fulfill the very things that we're longing for. And here, why do you seek the living among the dead? So where is Jesus today? Where is Jesus today? Well, actually, we know in Hebrews 1, um, verse 3, that he is seated at the right hand of the Father. So we know the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? So Jesus is today in heaven. So I already know the questions. Well, if you say he's in heaven, why do we like talk about Jesus in our heart? Like when we've accepted Jesus, why would we say he's in our heart if he's really in heaven? We can talk about that in a minute. The other part is when Stephen was being stoned. So this is after Jesus's ascension into heaven. Stephen is in ministry. He's telling um, about the good news of Jesus and people think it's blaspheme. He's blaspheming God and they bring him out and they stone him and As Stephen is being stoned, he looked up and he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing, now not sitting, but standing at the right hand of the Father. So here again, another account. We know that Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father. I want to read one other scripture for us here. It's in Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 31 says this, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? That's a good promise, by the way. If God is for you, who could be against you? He did not spare his own son, but gave up for us all. Talking about Jesus. How will he also, 
with him graciously give us all things. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? I love this because there is no condemnation. If you ever feel condemned, by the way, it's not from God. It's not from Jesus. We have an accuser that wants to condemn you. He wants to make you feel like you're less than. His name's Satan. But Jesus and God himself does not condemn. He might convict us. That's different. Jesus Christ is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Here we go. This is uh, the Apostle Paul uh, writing a letter to the Roman church. Who's at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? Capture this picture. Jesus is in heaven right now, and he's interceding for you, for your family members, for your friends. He is praying. He's asking. He's standing in the gap. He's like, I'm, he is like, maybe he's in his cheerleader outfit. I don't know, with the pom-poms. And he's cheering you on. Maybe a different image, wrong image. Uh, maybe he is, uh, just put it this way. He's cheering for you. He's like, I know Bobby can make it. Come on, Bobby, make that good decision. Come on, Susie. You got it. The person that doesn't even know Jesus yet. He's saying, Okay, come close to me. You've got it. Come close to me. I love you so much. He's advocating. He's interceding. Then it goes like this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? It's interesting he mentions all those hardships. And then he says, who can separate us from the love of God? So, yes, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, where's, where's Jesus today. But, but he also is very close to you. He's also very close to you. Because I think sometimes if you were to think about, okay, Jesus' death and resurrection, I can get that. I understand what he did on the cross for me. My sins, so I have a relationship with my Father. That's great. His uh, resurrection shows that I can have eternal life if I believe in him. Okay, that's great. But then it kind of leaves this gap of like, well, if I'm to have this relationship with him, do I have a relationship with God and Jesus that's like so far away? Where's heaven anyways? It's probably really far away. And if it is really far away, I want him really close because I really feel like I need somebody close. And then he goes on to say this. Jesus says that it is good for him to leave the world. And and many people be like, well, why did he have to leave the world? And why does he say it's good for him to leave the world? Because he said, if I don't leave the Holy Spirit or the advocate or the Greek word is paraclete, the helper does not get to come. And that's the Holy Spirit. Because here's the challenge with Jesus was... His presence was only circled around where he was at that moment, right? He was in Galilee, his disciples. I couldn't have a relationship, per se, with Jesus because I'm not in Israel. I'm not in Galilee. But through the Holy Spirit, when Jesus left, he left his Holy Spirit, which means that everybody can encounter his presence at all times in every place. I think as a kid, I also thought about that It's like, how can God have a relationship with the billions of people in the world um, 
And yet we put it through a framework of like, I'm an individual. How could I have a relationship with all these people all the time who have all these needs, who are praying all these prayers? And that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. That's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is actually Jesus's essence expressed. Think about that. Uh, maybe think about this. So when you were um, younger or maybe even today, do you ever remember seeing when uh, the sun would go through the clouds and it'd have like streams of light going through those clouds? I'd always think as a kid, like, this is the moment Jesus is coming, right? It looks like it. And I kind of picture that's kind of his presence expressed to us, right? It's, it's his presence multiplied throughout the earth. And it gets expressed, the very thing that's who Jesus is, gets expressed to the whole wide world through his Holy Spirit. And he's omnipresent. He can be with every person all the time. And that's the beauty of this. And I, that's why Jesus said it is good that he leaves this earth. And we can see that in John 16, 7. But the question is, okay, so if Jesus is in heaven and he's given us his Holy Spirit, how do I encounter him? How do I feel his closeness? Because we talk about, well, when we give our life to Jesus, he's in our heart. But is he, can we find him in certain places? Can we find him? One beautiful place is that Jesus loves to be with people who are in distress, who are broken, who are hurting. There are so many promises in the Bible that tell us that he is close to the afflicted. Anybody feeling a little bit down and out, maybe discouraged, maybe afflicted, Jesus is there with you. I know sometimes we don't necessarily feel that he's with us. And all we need to do is just turn and realize that, wait a second, he's there. He's actually so close that we don't, all we need to do is recognize that he is there through his Holy Spirit. I love the 23rd Psalm because it says, in the darkest valley, he is with us, right? In the darkest places of our life, he goes with us. He's with us. If you feel lonely or heartbroken, he is with you. By the way, the Bible also says where two or three are gathered, in his name, he is there with you. That's why we love our small groups so much. Because we gather, yes, he's here with us in this place. There's more than two or three here, right, today? He's here with us. His presence is here through his Holy Spirit. So, yes, Jesus is on the throne. Yes, he's at the right hand of the Father. But his Holy Spirit is ever-present amongst us. But he has some special places that he likes to hang out. If you're hurting or lonely, Jesus is hanging out with you. He loves people who are broken because he wants to remember, what's the other name of the Holy Spirit? The comforter, the helper. That's who God wants to be through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. He wants to comfort you. He wants to be close to you. He wants you to feel like there is life through him. But the problem is this. 
we go through life and we're trying to find some fulfillment and we're trying to get these feelings and, and either we're trying to mask some feelings, like we're feeling uh, I've got anxiety, depression, and you're feeling hopeless. And so there's things that we turn to to mask those feelings. And the things that we turn to are not the things that actually give you life. And so this is what they're saying. Why are you looking for life in places of death? Why are you looking for life in those places Yes, it might temporarily ease your pain, but the masking is only just that. It's just a mask. But Jesus, who wants to be close, well, he is close, but wants to help you and fulfill you in those times of loneliness, in those times of depression. Now, maybe some of you are saying, I'm not in that place, and I'm like trucking on with God, and and I'm on my, I feel like I'm on the mountaintop with him. There's still some things that you can find Jesus in because he's hanging out with these people in his spirit. I love this, that in Matthew chapter 25, it tells us that where Jesus loves to hang out. He loves to hang out with people in prison. He loves to hang out with the sick. He loves to hang out with the, um, the hungry and those who don't have clothes. Because he says, when we start serving people who are in that condition... He says, when we serve them, that actually we're like we're serving Jesus because, in essence, he's there. Jesus is there. So if you're kind of getting cruising through life and it's like, I'm kind of getting, I've been a Christian a long time. I kind of feel like maybe I'm bored too. And you want to set your, your relationship with Jesus on fire? Find some people who are struggling. Find some needy people. Find some people who need some shelter. Find some people who are hungry and begin to serve them. Because Jesus is with them. What I'm trying to say is, is Jesus is not just upon a throne somewhere. That, that we just get to worship him like from a distance. But he is ever so close to us. And we all have had times in our life that we feel empty. We feel alone. We feel disconnected. We feel unsure. And I guess I want to remind you that, that he is so ever-present And it's really just a matter of asking for him to be there, and he's there. And when we say ask, it's not like we draw. Well, actually, there's a scripture that says this. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. I don't think it is, though, that that God is way away, and we have to draw near to him like like he's going to get closer to us. I believe he's there. I think it's just a matter of turning our face to his face. That we just need to turn ourselves to him and realize that he is there. My heart for us today on this Easter Sunday. I could just give you this great Easter message. God is alive. Jesus is alive. And that is to be celebrated. Because it has incredible significance. But our world today is ever darkening and there are a lot of hurting people and many in this room are hurting today too. And if you're not hurting, there are people that you need to press in and pursue and God's going to use you to meet a need in somebody's life. Maybe friendship, maybe meeting a physical need. 
But I want to let you know that when you press into those places, you're going to find Jesus. Because his spirit is there. For those who are, who are feeling broken, I shared earlier in an email this week that you'll be so excited about this message. If you're feeling lonely, broken, hurting, distant, confused, that Jesus is with you right now. He loves you and he presses into people who are having those feelings. And he wants by his spirit, we know he's still in heaven, but by his spirit, his his essence, Jesus' essence multiplied, is saying that I want to be with you and I want to bring comfort to you. I want to be the paraclete, the Greek word of helper, comforter, the one who comes alongside And he wants to be ever-present and ever-real in your life. So there's two groups I'm talking to. One is like, I feel so disconnected. The Holy Spirit is there. You just need to turn your face and say, Jesus, help me. And he's there. Those of you who've been going on for a while and just kind of like, well, life's good. And maybe you're trying to find that little feeling of something and you're looking in the wrong places that you think are going to give you life, but it's actually places of death. Because your, your eyes are not fixed on the things of Jesus. They're fixed on the things of the world, which are okay, but they're fleeting. They will never satisfy This world has a lot to entice you with. Entertainment. There's a lot of things that we have access to to mask a negative feeling. And we're trying to find life in those things and and yet we find it leaves us still empty. And the reminder for us is what the angels are saying is why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you trying to find the things that are going to give you life in places that don't bring life? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That nobody comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. So he's saying he's the way, he is the truth, and he is the one who will give you life, not only just life everlasting, but allow you to feel alive today. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device, we want to say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.